Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science inside podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Self-Improvement Atlas. Um, I'm here today with Gavin Colosimo, who is a senior, sen- senior, not senior, senior financial advisor. I mix the two words, I combine them into one. <laughs> senior financial advisor at First Financial. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks, Aditi. It's good to be here. Very excited to have you. We're going to be talking about how to manage expenses during the retirement period, uh, which is, I think, a topic that's relevant to people of all ages, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. The earlier we can start, the bigger profound impact we can have at retirement. Yeah, for sure. Um, Before we kind of get talking about that, uh, tell me more about yourself and what you do. No worries. Yeah, well, I'm a senior financial advisor with First Financial. I've worked in the industry now for almost 20 years. Um, finished university in 2005 and entered the industry from there. Um, came about getting into the industry in a slightly different way. Um, never really had aspirations to be a financial advisor or school or anything like that, but lost my father early in life, which had a, an impact on our family, particularly from a financial aspect. And, and that led me down the path to sort of want to ensure that didn't happen to myself and my family or my future family. So that's why I've landed where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. It does sound like uh, when you are put into financial strain, put under financial strain, sorry, it does kind of make you think about that thing a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing that you know anybody really plans to have happen to them, mm-hmm. but inevitably when it does, it, it often impacts them and stays with them for a long time. I know it did myself and, and that's why I wanted to put provisions in place to make sure, as I said, I didn't have the same experience later in life. For sure, for sure. We've got, uh, before we kind of talk a little bit more about how to go about that, we've got yeah. a section called Have You Met Gavin Colosimo, where I ask you a few very easy questions. I promise they're easy. <laughs> um, and are you ready? Are you happy to answer them? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what is your favourite book? Favourite book? Um, relevant to the topic, probably Mean Market and Lizard Brains, mm-hmm. which is probably a book nobody's ever heard of. Um, mm-hmm. It's about behavioural finance. Um, and the science of irrationality, because unfortunately human beings, we're not too rational, are we? We're irrational beasts. Um, and that set me up to have a quite a good understanding of how financial markets work. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think, I, I guess on a personal level as well, it would help you um, with clients who are probably not saving in the way that's most beneficial to them, but all the same, it's a way that works for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my role, I don't see it as to, to, to dictate to people. It's trying to educate and guide, mm-hmm. um, you know, and really trying to take the emotion out of making financial decisions because inevitably when we make decisions under, you know, an emotion such as fear or whatnot, we're not always going to make that best decision. We could... For sure, for sure. What about a movie? What is your favourite movie? Favourite movie? Probably Inception. Okay. 
Yeah. I think probably that was the last movie I went and saw at the movies where I walked out of there thinking this is an original idea and mm. I've been pretty engrossed in it. Yeah, for sure. Things have gone probably downhill since then for myself, unfortunately. I think, I think that was one of the last years we were – I mean, we still had, um, I guess, the Marvel kind of whole MCU back then, but it's, yeah. it was – I think from – after that is when the Avengers happened and it just kind of kept being the same movie over and over again from yeah, there. It doesn't seem yeah. like they've come up with any new ideas in Hollywood for oh, some time, does no, it? No, it's been hard to come across that for sure. Uh, what about a podcast? What, what podcast have you been listening to lately? Um, the one I listen to the most and have done for many years is, uh, is Mysterious Universe mm-hmm. um, by two Australian guys out of Sydney, although I think they may have moved north, but they talk about varied topics, all sorts of things, but always a bit on the spectrum, a little bit strange. And, yeah, it's my sort of vibe and I found it pretty good listening, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. One to add to the list. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you have a famous role model that you looked up to either growing up or currently? Um, probably, look, I don't have too many famous or celebrity role models. It's not sort of the way I'm inclined. But yeah. um, Julian Assange is probably one that sticks out, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that's have to face, you know, huge amounts of adversity but hasn't wavered in his beliefs and he's been true to himself, mm-hmm. even in light what's happened to him. So, yeah, it's probably one person I do put up there as a role model. Yeah, for sure, Julian Assange. Um, what about the last course that you completed? Um, yeah, I mean, the last one I've probably done, it feels like it's been studying forever, but Certified Financial Planner is probably the relevant one in the big course, the last one I finished off on um, a few years ago now. But, um, yeah, unfortunately with our line of work, there's always ongoing study. Yeah. So there's lots of little nice. courses that we have to tick off on, but that was probably the last major one. That right. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the end of that section. Um, you're car- you are known. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, Thank you. Uh, now that we've gotten to know you better, let's talk about um, managing expenses during the retirement period. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start very broadly. Our show is about personal development. So how do you define personal development? So a focus to improve oneself both, I think, physically and mentally um, and about understanding where we have potential weak points or deficiencies we need to work on and and then striving to work on those over time. Um, For sure, for sure. Um, I think it's kind of like a a constant, constant battle (laughs) to kind of get yourself to improve, for sure. doesn't end. Always a work in progress. And and I think that's probably applicable, not just to our, you know, careers or our personal lives, but all facets of life as well. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you find are the main challenges with personal development? Probably being self-aware enough to identify what we need to work on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't necessarily come naturally to people to be that self-aware. So I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles. And and then probably keeping yourself accountable, assessing your progress and being honest with yourself to ensure you are making progress. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like our natural instinct is to kind of self-affirm, you know, even if we like, okay, I know where I need to improve, but you're kind of just convincing yourself that you're doing it. Yeah. I, we're very good at that, I think. And also like it's, it's hard for some people to admit they're maybe not the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. And being yeah. honest with that. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's personal development. <laughs> Let's talk about retirement planning. Let's start with some definitions, like very broadly. What is retirement planning? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's about laying the groundwork and putting a plan in place today for mm-hmm. tomorrow's dreams and goals to make sure we achieve those goals. Um, in non-financial terms, I think it's about understanding about when we want to retire, 
where we want to retire. Might want to move locations, have a sea change or a bush change, some people call it. Um, and anything else we really want to achieve and tick off through our retirement might be um, you know, buying a new camper van or, or looking to do some volunteering or further personal development in, in, in further education as well. Um, in a financial sense, I think it's, it's engaging financial strategies to create wealth over a period to, to allow you then to, to draw down on that wealth you've created to ensure you can meet a certain level of, um, of lifestyle in retirement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how do you feel that that relates to personal development? I think they're interconnected, aren't they? Um, you know, for me, personal development's all about, again, like we've just discussed, is preparing today, putting plans in place yeah. for a benefit tomorrow. And really retirement planning isn't really any different to that. I think probably the easiest way to sort of look at it is to break it down into some different stages. Right, yeah. Um, probably the first stage is, is, you know, ages 20 to 35, mm -hmm. um, early adulthood. Now, at this stage, most of us aren't probably thinking about retirement planning. Yeah. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out where we fit in the world and, and how the world works. Mm -hmm. um, at this stage, we probably don't have a lot of disposable income. Yeah. But what we do have in spades is time. Mm -hmm. So we can utilise something called compound interest to great advantage. I mean, money saved in your 20s compared to money saved in our 40s can be potentially worth three times as much once we reach retirement. Yeah. So I think, you know, although it's quite a boring topic, um, it can be a real powerful strategy and tool to engage early on in our lives um, to help us plan for our future retirement. Um, that second stage is, you know, you're 35 to 50. Um, this stage is, is often involves a lot more financial stress than you've been um, probably exposed to previously. We've got school fees, mortgages. Yeah credit cards yep. to worry about. Generally, we don't have a lot of disposable income. Mm -hmm. um, but that extra income we may have, I think, you know, there's certain strategies that can be engaged, paying down bad debt or, or mortgage debt that we don't want to carry in retirement can be a really good focus. Um, and also, you know, for Australians in the Australian market, um, making additional contributions to super can be a real powerful tool to plan for our retirement. Um, it's probably the most tax effective or best wealth creation vehicle we have here in Australia mm -hmm. to develop or, or build wealth for retirement. So yeah. it's important that we do take advantage of it. Um, and then probably the third stage is, is really 50 to 65, um, entering or coming to the, that retirement stage. You know, time is running out for people in this sort of area or stage to, to continue to, to build wealth. Um, often there is a bit more free, free cash flow at this stage. You know, our mortgages are being repaid down. The kids might have finished school. There's a bit more cash floating around. So again, you know, you should be focusing on developing a plan to make sure that your, your, your home mortgage is, is paid off before you hit retirement. Yeah. Um, again, redirecting some cash flow into superannuation can be a real good strategy. And also understanding what potential social security benefits you might be eligible for yeah. um, during retirement, which how can help subsidize your cost of living. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the way you put it in these four different stages is kind of this growing awareness of the fact that, you know, you're approaching retirement and there's going to be a point in your life where you're not getting any income. And 
that feels so far away, I think, for people in their 20s, 30s, even kind of maybe their early 40s. It's almost like, oh, that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And that's generally the experience. Often clients come to us, you know, with a few years left before retirement, where in reality, we can add the most value a long way before that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel now, I want to kind of just break this down. This is about the Australian context, but Mm. what is super? I don't think enough young people (laughs) understand exactly what super is and why it's so important. Yeah. It gets a bad rap, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But the reality is super never did anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's a tax structure. And it's probably the most powerful tax structure any Australian has access to because of the tax advantages, particularly later on in life where potentially you can access your wealth with no tax implications. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's effectively all it is. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a structure that allows us to create wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, effectively those tax incentives are there because the government can't afford to fund our retirement once we get there, um, particularly with an ageing population. Um, so there's always going to be incentives or provisions in place for the superannuation system to, to largely encourage people to be self-reliant when they do get to retirement. Right, right, yeah. And I guess in that case, you know, how do we, if, if we want to start planning for retirement early, you know, what is the best way we can get on top of our super? Yeah, I think it's probably understanding the system to start with. Mm-hmm. Once you understand the machine, you can understand how to apply it or use it. Yeah. Um, if you're having trouble understanding it yourself, engage a professional. Um, you might think it's too early to gain a fi- engage with a financial planner or advisor, but there's, there's never a, a right time to start. It's as early as possible, <laughs> to be honest, in your working lives because yeah. there's definitely value to be added along the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What kind of expenses do people need to expect to pay when they enter retirement? So what what are we talking? I, 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 and I know that's a much bigger question yeah, yeah, <laughs> than yeah. it sounds. Uh, look, I mean, expenses in retirement, you know, it's something we definitely have to consider and plan for. I mean, they come in the form of lump sum expense, sorry, lump sum expenses and also ongoing expenses. Mm-hmm. And it's particularly these lump sum expenses that if we don't have means to to cover those when they do pop up, um, it can cause unnecessary financial stress. Um, And that's the last thing you want to be dealing with really once we worked all our lives to hit retirement. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think it's important if we don't plan and cater for those and have the means, um, we can end up getting shocked in retirement. And that may mean an adjustment to standard of living um, or in the worst cases, you you might have to change your living arrangements as well to ensure that you can meet those expenses. Um, Much like the discussion we've just had around planning for retirement, I think we can break down our expenses and our retirement into three stages as well. The first stage or the early years are the sort of stress-free or care-free years, mm-hmm. where individuals in retirement are generally not dealing with any form of disability. Um, they might have some quite large capital requirements up front. So these might be a, a, a change in home scenery, a move to the beach. Um, we might want to buy a new car, camper van. Overseas travel was normally a common one. Larger, more expensive costs. Yeah. 
um, to be incurred up front. I mean, the thing with the retirement, most people think their retirement expenditure is going to be quite linear. Yeah. We're going to spend a bit more early on and then it might taper away as our life slows down. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality for most individuals, um, if we plotted their expenses during retirement on a graph, it would look like a U. Um, as I mentioned, that initial stage is carefree years. You're going to have some more capital requirements up front. Yeah. Um, as you transition from that stage into the second stage, I think your expenses sort of settle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in that second stage, you might be living with some form of disability. Mm-hmm. So you may need some assistance in the home. Yeah. Often through this stage, you might be looking to downsize your home and move into to a retirement village. Um, it's a little bit easy to manage. I mean, generally, your sort of extracurricular activities are slowing down. So again, you know, your expenses are probably moving backwards a little bit. Then in our final years, um, our sort of frailty years, I would call them, this is where expenses can really jump up quite a lot again. And this is probably the area where a lot of people don't like to account for because they don't really like to think too morbidly, you know, our final stages of life, what that's going to look like. Yeah. During this time, often people transition from... Um, a retirement village or their home into residential aged care. And this is where the costs can really jump out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cost to enter rent- residential aged care in Australia on average is, is equivalent to sort of buying a home effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only those initial upfront costs, but then there can be quite expensive ongoing costs to, to manage and cater for. I mean, this is generally one of the most stressful times in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you can get on the front foot and put visit provisions in place to cater for this event when you do get there, can really take the stress out of it. Um, you know, I deal with this on a daily basis, being an accredited aged care advisor, and it's often a shock to the system, even though we know that it's an unfortunate fact of life that we're, we're going to probably get a bit frail as we time goes on and yeah. we need some assistance, yeah. Yeah, for sure. People don't really like thinking about, you know, their own um, morbidity, their own mortality, really. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. And, I, and it's my job to be a bit more pragmatic and, and, and nudge them in the right direction. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we often get people coming to engage our services when basically mum or dad sort of, they're going into care. Yeah. Um, and we can definitely assist, but it's a lot easier to assist and take financial stress out of, the, out of their hands if we get on the front foot and plan for it a little bit earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, there's also, is that accounting as well for unexpected health um, kind of expenditure and all of that? Well, uh, well that, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? If we, yeah. if we put plans in place to plan for expected or known expenditure, we generally probably have made provisions for that unexpected expenses to pop up. Yeah. And that's something we probably really should be making provisions for because that's often what causes people the most stress in life. They mm-hmm. think they've got everything sorted and then something happens with their health or, you know, something comes left to field. And it's important to have that sort of rainy day fund to, to allow um, for those expenses to be met. What kind of figures do you normally recommend for people? And I know I know that based on, like, people who watch our other videos uh, about similar topics, uh, everyone has a different financial plan, so it's wildly different. But I guess with all of that in mind, you know, and with how much retirement generally tends to cost in Australia, how much do you recommend people put aside for a rainy day? God, it's, how long is a piece of string, right? And it's just <laughs> yeah. like everybody's different. You know, yeah. I've got clients that live off, uh, you know, live off thirty to forty thousand dollars as a couple annually, and I don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. And I've got people at the other end of the spectrum where they're spending over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and yeah. I just don't know where it goes. Yeah. 
I think, you know, a comfortable standard of living at the moment. Um, government statistics would suggest around $40,000 mm-hmm. for a single and around seventy dollars to $80,000 for a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, that would include a, a holiday um, as well and, you know, being able to go out to eat and, and spend some money on activities. But it's a hard one to answer because it's so different to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, how do you continue to manage your expenses specifically during retirement? Because this is, I would imagine, a time when you're drawing from your super primarily. Um, if you have an income at all, it's probably not a very big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are people doing? Um, how are they kind of, how do you recommend people manage um, their expenses during this time? Yeah, I think, you know, first First step is be proactive, right? Yeah. You know, we can get on the front foot and, and put a plan in place, um, understand what expenses you may face and ones you may not expect to face but could. Um, engage with a professional advisor or financial planner to ensure that you've got a plan in place that can cater for all the known and unknown expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my, my strong suggestion to individuals. I mean, once we're in there, like I said, it, it, it's about understanding what your costs are, um, ensuring that you've got the means to provide for them mm-hmm. and probably engaging with any social security benefits that you may be eligible for mm-hmm. and making sure they're subsidising what you've already built for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That brings me a little bit to um, the next part of uh, our episode, which is the practice slash habit experiment debrief, yeah. um, where we talk a little bit about how we can put like, everything we've discussed so far into practice. Um, and so I guess I'm wondering, you know, in those first two stages of retirement planning, so you're 20 to 35, 35 to 50, I believe it yeah. was, yeah. What, is, what is something that you recommend people do, something that you wish that they would have ready or bear in mind at that stage in life in order to plan for their retirement? Yeah. Here in Australia, the most effective tool to create wealth, and I've touched on it a few times, is starting to make additional contributions into that tax-affected system, which is super. Um, And you're utilising compound interest, which I mentioned in the first stage as well. So Mm -hmm. as far as Australians go, you won't have a better tool you've got access to to create wealth for later in life. And that's purely because the, the taxes paid within that system are going to be a lot lower than the taxes paid for you personally. Yeah. as you go on year to year. Yeah. Um, there really isn't any other tool that you've got access to that can have as much benefit later on in life. Mm-hmm. So if I had to say, if you're going to do one thing, it's even if you don't have much money, put a little bit aside and make those additional contributions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ensure you're working within the allowable limits. Engage a professional if you require help. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably going to have the biggest impact later in life if you can start early and keep at it. Yeah, for sure. I would imagine that also would involve, you know, actually figuring out whether your super fund works for you. (laughs) Because I know for me, in my experience, I got a super fund when I started working um, casual um, in hospitality. And that's the super fund that you might hate to hear it, but I still have today. Um, So You're not the only one. No, I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure there's plenty of people who just kind of get a super fund when they're 18 or even younger. And they're like, all right, well, this is my super fund now. Um, what's your what what do you advise people to look out for when they're kind of searching for a new super fund yeah I mean I think it's it's got to understand 
you know, probably what you're looking to achieve mm-hmm. for retirement and sort of how you want to achieve it. You know, some people might have sort of ethical, sustainable views that they want to ensure that their investments are only sort of exposed to things they're comfortable with. So you've got to make sure that your super funds are going to cater for you. And if they don't, you know, look elsewhere for one that does. Um, fees are probably another aspect to really be conscious of. Some yeah. funds or the funds aren't, they're not all created equal. Um, So it's important to understand what costs you have and how you're being incurred. And then probably the other thing is is also insurance too. Mm -hmm. Um, Life insurance can be attached to your super account. Often people have no idea they've got it. Mm-hmm. They might need it, so that's great. But mm-hmm. if they don't, it can be a burden and really erode the, the, the wealth they're going to create over time. So I suppose it's important to understand um, exactly how your fund works, mm-hmm. the structure of it, and then to, to see whether that fits into where you would like to be as far as investment and then where you're going as well. Yeah, I, I am aware of life insurance being attached to super, but I feel like that's something that's not very well advertised, especially when you first kind of get access to your super fund. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not. And there's been some adjustment in recent years with legislation. Mm -hmm. I think some providers have been a bit sneaky and just you know, providing insurance when people hadn't sort of asked for. It's like mm. sort of, we call it auto acceptance. Um, but, you know, there's provisions in place now. So your super fund is, is inactive or you're not utilising it. Um, you know, those, those insurance policies generally drop away now. So they're not a long-term burden. Yeah. Um, but as I said, it's important to really understand um, all f- aspects of your, your super fund and how it works. And if you're having trouble doing that, like I said, engage a professional um, to assist you. How many people do you have come to you that um, probably have multiple super funds that they were completely unaware of? Lots. Yeah. Many. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you think you might only have two or three, but I've had, you know, clients, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not uncommon. Sometimes every time you start another job, you mm-hmm. get an employer super fund. Yeah. Um, they'll just put you in. So, and again, that's a kind of silly way of going about creating wealth because you've got, you know, four or five sets of fees, impacts. Um, again, are we invested in line with how you want to be invested yeah. and your views? So, yeah, definitely worthwhile taking time to try and clean those those all up and consolidate um, generally into ones normally the way to go. But again, you know, engage a professional advisor to make sure that's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, uh, I guess, what are kind of the challenges with maintaining your super? We've already talked a little bit about that, but what do you feel is the biggest challenge with kind of being on top of um, your super, on top of your interest? I think it's probably just being interested in it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for, 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 for most individuals, superannuation is something we can be worried about when, when I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most won't care about it too much until then. But, but as I've mentioned many times, it's probably the most powerful investment or wealth creation vehicle we have access to here in Australia. So if you're looking to sort of set yourself up and future-proof your retirement, it's something that you really need to understand, not only how the system works, you know, understanding how much money we can enter into the system and under what sort of conditions that money can enter, enter and really taking advantage of the system to maximise your opportunity over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much... How much money should we be contributing additionally to our super fund? And I'm assuming there's no magic number. Is there like a magic percentage or... Um... You've got limits. So your annual limits with superannuation, um, there's two types of contributions. Mm-hmm. There's what we call a concessional contribution um, or a non-concessional, which is an after-tax contribution. Right. So concessional contributions are generally contributions that our employer 
covers for us mm-hmm. or any additional contributions such as salary sacrifice we might chip into the system. Right. Um, that annual cap is $27,500. Right. Okay, so you get that annually. Mm-hmm. There's certain conditions that allow you to put in extra above that concessional cap. Mm-hmm. But again, best to check with your financial advisor if they're applicable to you. Yeah. Um, and then on a non-concessional after-tax basis, we get $110,000 a year. Um, again, there's certain provisions that allow you to put more money than 110 or the annual cap in, um, but you should check with the financial advisor to make sure that's appropriate. Right, right, absolutely. So always always make sure that you're contributing within those caps and yeah, not yeah. beyond it probably to be on the safe side. Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 if you do break those caps, um, you know, the, the penalties used to be a little bit more severe, so they're not as bad these days, mm-hmm. but there definitely will be some action. So you, you can't just break them and there's no consequences. Yeah. The ATO will generally come knocking, yeah. uh, but you'll need to probably take that money out or make some changes with how it's being contributed. For sure. For sure. Do you, how do you feel like this practice of, of, of adding to your super fund, how do you feel like that impacts your perception in life? Your perception in life? Yeah. How, how does it affect, uh, I guess, what, what positive effects can it have on a person? Well, I guess, I mean, if we understand and, and utilize super, I mean, I suppose the first step is to try and work you've got to try and understand what you need in retirement. So, I mean, a, a desire, and of course this moves around as we, you know, we develop and age, you know, our needs and wants change as well. But we, we've got to, got to shoot towards some sort of target. So we understand how much money you might require in retirement. Then you can work backwards from there and sort of figure out how much money I'm going to need. Right. Um, yeah. And then you can determine, you know, as you work through, am I on track to meet that sort of capital requirement at mm-hmm. retirement? Um, yeah. Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. There. No, that was a wonderful answer yes. to the question. So you've lost your train of thought, but you actually managed to answer the question. Great. So yeah, it's yeah. all good. Um, based on your experience, do you have any practices or habits or, or tips uh, that you would combine um, with this uh, to improve it or to go alongside it? It's never too early to start, I guess, mm-hmm. um, would be my response. And, and, and understanding how the tools you've got access to work. Like I said mm-hmm. before, if we understand the machine, we can know how to apply it, whether that's superannuation or any other wealth creation strategy we have access to. Um, so I think starting early, yeah. getting a good understanding of it. And when when we can't manage it ourselves, go and engage some assistance, whether mm-hmm. that's a professional advisor or you might have somebody in your family or friends network that has expertise in this particular field. Mm-hmm. But the earlier we can start, I think, you know, we've got the best opportunity to take away the financial stress we may encounter in retirement, which will really leave us a lot more capacity to enjoy our time we've got left with our family and friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially since the super system is quite complicated, getting Mm -hmm. that professional help is just beneficial and trying to translate a lot of those complexities. Yeah, um, it's a minefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No doubt. And, um, you know, I, the look on some of my clients' faces when we first engage, it's just like they're so lost. You're talking <laughs> Japanese. And, and that's really the, the role, as I said before, is to educate and guide. So a lot of the early stages with clients, we're sitting down just breaking down how the system works in mm-hmm. detail mm-hmm. to ensure they understand it. So 
when we discuss certain strategies with them, um, they can understand exactly what's happening and how it's going to benefit themselves. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. All right. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Not a problem. I'm sure so many people listening are going to go and actually check what their super fun is looking like. <laughs> Hopefully. Start <laughs> early, guys. When they get home. Um, but uh, I guess uh, our next section is called questions for the audience. We've got a couple of questions. Are you happy to answer them? Yep, go for it. Yeah, no worries. Fantastic. Um, so a first question is... Um, what are the key factors, and I feel like we've addressed this a little bit, but um, what are the key factors to consider when creating a budget um, for retirement? And I guess my personal follow-up question is, is it even possible to have a budget for retirement? It feels like far too long to have a budget for. Yeah, no. Um, the, the latter, your latter question is probably fair, I think, yeah. and it's going to be hard to have a budget because you can't account for everything. But I think, you know, we probably have touched on it a little bit. And it's about spending time to understand what your costs are potentially going to be, what mm -hmm. kind of standard of, of lifestyle that you want to achieve, mm -hmm. um, and any potential unexpected costs that might jump out of you as well. Because if we can plan for those and consider those a long way out, um, we're going to ensure have the best chance. We're going to have the means there available when the time comes to meet those those needs. Um, yeah, that, that, that that's my best advice in this yeah. situation. Because like I said, you know, budget will get you so far, but it's unlikely you're going to account for everything. Um, so if you put a good plan in place early and like I said, engage with a, a financial advisor or planner mm -hmm. to ensure that you're on track yeah. and they're probably going to be that, that, that third party is probably going to be best place to determine whether you're on track or not. Cause you might yeah. think you are, but without that different set of eyes looking over things, they might be able to highlight areas where we are not quite on track or areas we may need some more improvement to. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, thinking about finances can be such a strain <laughs> sometimes, like yeah. a mental, yeah. uh, a bit of a mental um, strain, I think is probably the best way, best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and not everyone wants to be thinking about that all the time. Not at all, particularly not in this country. It's a bit of a she'll be right, mate, attitude yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that's um, so true. <laughs> stick a head in the sand. We'll worry yeah. about that later on. And yeah. The trouble with that is that, you know, with time, we've got plenty of time to plan and and, 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 and utilise different strategies to help us create wealth. Mm -hmm. But if you sort of, you know, try and think about what we need needs to be done only, you know, 12, 18 months or a few years before you, you want to retire, you've got to limit your options or your ability to, to sort of meet your expectations. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Next question is, um, how do you balance, how do you find the balance between enjoying your retirement and being financially responsible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and this is different for for everybody right yeah. yeah 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 so i mean what 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 a normal standard of living is for some people can be very different for others um but i think it's it's understanding that you know coming back to that that sort of you know the stages of retirement that u-shape expense sort of profile and it's understanding what that looks like and mm -hmm. what potentially expenses can be incurred across those three different stages. Because if you're only sort of focusing on the first two, it can leave you in a bit of a grim situation later in life where we do need to enter something like aged care or, or whatnot. So I think it's, sure. yeah, again, taking time to understand what potentially can be impacted as far as, far as expenses mm -hmm. um, and understanding of what stage throughout your life they'll be incurred. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the final question is, uh, where, where can I cut corners? <laughs> 
<laughs> when saving for retirement, I'm assuming this means uh, where can they cheap out? <laughs> I think that's that's what they're cut, referring to. <laughs> where can I cut quarters? I think nothing in this life comes uh, that's good comes easy. I think yeah. so. I don't know what exactly uh, how to respond to that question, but um, yeah, I think there's no corner cutting uh, mm. in this regard. I mean, if, if there was, I think it'd probably be using super. I think because it's yeah. going to lower that tax rate for you um, yeah. and help you create wealth without that burden of our marginal tax rate, which mm. can be quite high for some individuals. Um, so as far as cutting corners, I guess that's the closest response I can give. Right. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I said, you know, nothing happens overnight quickly. So okay. it's it's putting our plans in place from a mm. long way out, which gives us the best opportunity to meet our expectations once we get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's probably the best way to answer that. Sorry, I didn't have a better response. <laughs> no, I, I think that I think that was a hilarious question. I think everyone wants to know how to do things quickly and easily, but oh, I, no, I, I think you answered that as well as you could. I just strive to win Tats Lotto, I don't know. <laughs> win the lottery, Bitcoin? that's no, probably no, the being best. facetious there. You know? <laughs> All right, uh, that does bring me to the end of that section, so you don't have to worry about questions like that anymore. No worries. <laughs> I'll now, we'll now move on to the open mic. Um, this is where I let you, my guest, have uh, basically a few minutes to have a mini TED Talk about whatever you feel was important to discuss right now. Um, so, Gavin, did you have anything in mind? Um, nothing particularly, mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, if we're looking to shore up our financial future mm -hmm. um, and our industry has gotten a bit of a bad rap over the last few years after the Royal Commission a number of years ago, I think the best thing you can do is engage with a professional early on, even if there's not too much that can be done in our early years, if we engage with a professional and make sure we're taking advantage of all the things that we have available to us to create mm -hmm. wealth and shore up our future retirement, I think it's important to, to access those and utilize professional help to do so. Because mm -hmm. if you find yourself a quality financial advisor, they're really gonna add a lot of value over time for you and really curate that stress-free retirement that everybody's striving for. Yeah. Um, financial advice is, is not generally engaged enough. And I understand the cost of it can be quite expensive at times and the government is looking at ways to reduce that through a current review they're doing at the moment. Um, but for myself, having experiences, experienced firsthand the impact of probably not having that sort of financial plan in place for my parents when I was younger and then my father passing away. And although we lived a very comfortable lifestyle when he was around, mm -hmm. it was very different in those years after he passed away. Yeah. Um, and if we didn't need to deal with the financial aspect, it would have been a lot easier to deal with the, the, the mental and physical impact of losing a, you know, a parent or, sure. or, or a, excuse me, or a husband. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I see a lot of value and that's why I'm in the industry mm -hmm. in providing financial advice. So I think, you know, my suggestion would be to really engage a professional early on mm -hmm. and ensure you maximise every opportunity you've got. Yeah, for sure. I assume finding a financial advisor is like finding a therapist and that you have to find someone, the one that works for you. And if, if you're not clicking with them, it's probably not the right person. That's it. No, again, yeah. we're not all created equal. And, yeah. you know, you may need to meet a couple to before you feel comfortable. And that's probably the key. You know, it's it's you've got to feel comfortable yeah. with that individual yeah. or you're not going to probably utilise them in the way you should. 
Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be stressing or resenting having a catch up with a financial advisor. Um, you know, it should be a, a good experience and an education experience as well. Yeah. Um, advisor ratings is a good website. You know, individuals can access, um, which generally have got you know reviews, firsthand reviews on individual advisors that may help people um, find the right advisor for them. Um, when in doubt. Um, do some exploring yourself. As I said, go and engage a couple, meet with a few and, and make sure you get the right fit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for all of that. Um, I've had a great time talking to you so far. Uh, where can the audience find you and learn more? No worries. Um, I work for a business called First Financial. We're part of the Cambo Financial Group. Um, our website is firstfinancial.com.au or you can find myself on LinkedIn. I think if you just search Gavin Colosimo, I think there's only one of me floating around, yeah. so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Yeah. Um, they're probably the best places. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fantastic. I've learned a lot. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm suddenly very anxious about my super, so I'm going to go check that out when I get home. Um, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. It's been a pleasure. Not a problem. It's been awesome. You've been listening to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel, as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can also be found on our website at pe.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kutti. Thanks for tuning in.